It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Policies on Facilitation Payments From the information provided by the Department of Justice in its opinion releases and in FCPA enforcement actions, there are several different insights which may be drawn on regarding what should go into your policies around facilitation payments. So I'm going to go over these in some detail today. Number one, size of the payment. Is there an outer limit? No, there is no outer limit, but there is some line where the perception shifts. If a facilitation payment is over $100, you are arguing from a point of weakness. The presumption of good faith is against you. You may be able to persuade the government that at an amount under $100, but anything over this amount and the government may well make further inquiries. For instance, the DOJ might say all facilitation payments should be accumulated together and this could form the basis of a pattern and practice of bribery made illegal under the FCPA. Next up, number two, what is the routine government action? If a company is entitled to this action, has it met all of the requirements to obtain the requested permit, license, or action, or is it asking the government official to look the other way on some requirement? Is the company asking the government official to give us a break? The key question here is whether you are entitled to the action otherwise. Three, does the seniority of the government official matter? This is significant because it changes the presumption of whether something is truly discretionary. The higher the level of government official involved, the greater the chance his decision is discretionary. Number four, does the action have to be non-discretionary? Answer, yes, because if it is discretionary, then a payment will appear to be obtaining some advantage not available to others. Five, what approval should be required? A facilitation payment is something that must be done with an appropriate process. The process should have thought, thought and the decision made by people who are experts within the company on such matters. Six, risk of facilitation payments in third parties. Whatever policy you have in place, it must be carried over to your third parties acting on your behalf or at your direction. If a third party cannot control this issue, the better compliance practice would be to end the business relationship. Seven, how should facilitation payments be recorded? Facilitation payments must be recorded accurately. If you have a category entitled facilitation payments in your company's internal accounting system, the labeling should be quite clear and they are critical to any audit trail, so the recording them is quite significant. Monitoring programs. There must also always be strong ongoing monitoring to review your company's internal controls, policies, and procedures regarding facilitation payments. Also remember that the defense of the facilitation payment is an exception to the FCPA prohibition against bribery. Any defendant which wishes to avail itself of this exception at trial would have to proffer credible evidence to support its position. But at the end of the day, it would only be the trier of fact who will decide. So like any 
much like any compliance defense, the deception, the exception is only available if you use it at trial. And it would be difficult to imagine to any company would want to ever see such matter reach the light of day in a trial. After answering these questions and your organization decides it desires to allow facilitation payments, you should draft a policy that permits the company to make facilitating payments with, number one, prior approval of the compliance department, two, prior approval from company management, and three, proper financial recording. It may be difficult to distinguish a legal facilitation payment from a request that could be viewed as an illegal bribe or kickback, and therefore, facilitating payments must be strictly controlled, and every effort should be made to eliminate them or minimize them. Do not forget that facilitation payments must be accurately recorded on the books and records of your company. In all cases, the employee who requested permission to make the facilitation payment must be responsible for obtaining all approvals and forwarding a copy of the approvals and other relevant supporting documentation as required so that it is recorded as a facilitation expense on your books and records and maintained in a central file in your company's financial document repository or other types of expenses that may misrepresent the true nature of the payment if they are recorded as consulting fees, entertainment expenses, or something else. Finally, there may be an emergency situation where it be difficult or impossible for employees to obtain approvals before having to decide whether or not to pay a facilitation payment. If the facilitation payment is made in an emergency, the employee should report the facilitating payment to the compliance department and explain the emergency as soon as is practicable after making the facilitation payment. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one is what was the amount of the facilitation payment? If you're going across a border and you have to pay more than $100, I think you're beginning to move to an area where the government is going to take a look at a uh, pattern in practice. But what about 500 or 1,000? Once again, the key is the approval process. Did you rigorously have an approval process uh, where uh, it came up for the compliance function to look at it and they pre-approved it. If you did, you may be able to get away with amounts uh, literally up to $1,000. Above $1,000, I think you're gonna start to um, really garner some government oversight and inquiry into the amount. Number two, was the action truly routine? The discretionary portion of this is not something that's tested very often, but it's an important factor. How high up in a foreign government or a governmental agency was the person who made the uh, approval and who got the facilitation payment? Because remember, the higher up it is, the higher up he or she is, the more likely it's a discretionary call. And then that leads to number three, how high up was the government official and was the call really discretionary? If there's no discretion that they had to give it to you after the paperwork's in place, I think you're in much better shape. But if it's a discretionary call, then you be, you're moving closer to something that may well violate the FCPA. And always remember, document, document, document. I hope you will enjoy the entire month on written standards and that you will listen in again where we explore another topic in the month of May. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic 
in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.